Hey, homies. I'm Katie. I'm Sydney. And this is Something Sick. Whenever we say our names, I always have a fear that I said your name. (laughs) What if you didn't? I didn't notice it and I just said yours. Every time I just have a fear of that happening. (laughs) I think it would be really weird. I know. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah. I just had this thought about when we were ghost hunting last week. Go listen to that episode. But when we were ghost hunting, I guess it's two weeks ago. When we went ghost hunting. Yeah. The episode came out last week. When we did one of our EB... EB, EVP <laughs> sessions. Um, we like introduced ourselves and how we said our, we sounded exactly like we do when we say the intro to this podcast. Yeah, we did. And also we were like skipping through our episodes, our episodes trying to find something and we sound exactly the same. I do the intro the same way every time. <laughs> how have we're perfectionists? Yeah. We just said it one that like we said it like that that one time and it's been like that every, every time since. <laughs> but I think I would be thrown off if it was different. More consistent. Yeah. Great. Nice. Um guys love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're both single. <laughs> yeah, that's why we do this podcast yeah. to get all the guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways. It's really working. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I got a cat. <laughs> She's on her way to being a cat lady. Yeah. Guess what she named it? Waverly. Waverly. Well, you guys probably saw it if yeah. you follow her Instagram. Which you should. Yeah. <laughs> I got my kitty from our friend Hi. that will be married by the time this comes out. Wild. Uh, she's very cute. She's a calico. Go look at a. Well, I didn't save it on our story. Go look at my Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> you can find it from ours. So go scavenger for it. hunt. Yeah. You can go look for her. Anyways, semi podcast related because we named Waverly. you named her after Waverly. S- Sydney's and like her aunt. aunt. Yeah. <laughs> so she's very cute. Yes, very sweet. She lives at my sister's apartment right now. We're co moms, which is a little confusing. Sister it's moms okay. <laughs> to our cat. Oh, <laughs> that, I don't feel like that's that weird. No, no, we're sister. Like we're actually yes. sisters. No, I know. So it's just not when you weird. said sister moms, I was just thinking sister wives, and it got weird in my well, head. That's but. different. <laughs> that would never be a thing for us. <laughs> yeah. Kristen and I, first of all, don't have the same type. Well, first so. of all, Kristen, weird. Kristen <laughs> name drop. Yeah, in every <laughs> single episode. <laughs> Well, the cat is hers, too. I know. That's the thing. Kristen gives us crap because we name drop her in every episode. And she says but it's she fan ha- behavior. She's the only other person we hang out with. And if I don't talk her about her, then she's mad. We'll but probably if I, have her on an episode at some point. So Once we figured that out. Yeah. It's a struggle. I don't know how to do that. We don't have enough mic ports, but. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Give us money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> then we can afford Let us know if we should start a Patreon. I'm just kidding. I mean. It's too early for that. <laughs> someday. Unless. <laughs> Anyways. Well. Also, side note. Chris will probably get here in the middle of this episode at some point. It'll be a pause. But we'll figure you out. You won't notice. What are we talking about today? So. To get back on track. Back on track. We're going to get this train back on the rails. <laughs> I. <laughs> Why did you say that? I don't know. <laughs> Instead of back on track, back on the rails. <laughs> Leave me alone. Sydney made me listen to country music. <laughs> I'm working in country music. I was sharing my job with you. The job can be shared without the music. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we live in Nashville. You can put up with it. Mm-mm. So today <laughs> we're talking about a disappearance. 
Yay. Is she found? No. Oh. It's unsolved. I should have expected that. <laughs> I know. Um, if you guys are ever going to get a solved one, it's going to be for me, probably. I've done solved ones. <laughs> I think you've done one. And then ones where we think we know who did it, but they're not actually solved. Yeah. Wait, I did school bus kidnapping. One. <laughs> I, j- I have done solved ones. I don't like the layout of solved ones. I prefer I do the have lit. solved ones off my list, but... But none of them have made the cut so far. Oh, the scream murder. That one's solved. Oh, wow. Two. <laughs> Had a 27. Anyway. <laughs> 28 now. Um, 14 of those were mine, so... Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so we're, we're going to be really talking excited about- to be recording. I hit my second wave of energy. I did not. Okay. <laughs> okay. So today we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Jennifer Kessie. So this case is from 2006. So same year as Brian Schaefer. Ooh. Do you think they're related? No. Okay. <laughs> I was just mentioning it because I, I don't know. Where is the stat? You're about to tell me, I'm sure. Orlando. <laughs> wow. So in 2006... Where was Brian Schaefer? Sorry. Columbus. Okay, that's what I thought. So Jennifer Kessie was 24 years old and she was living in Orlando, Florida. She had just bought her own condo, which is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, She was really proud of herself for this and excited about it. She had been promoted at work three times within the year. That and is not normal. I know. She was the youngest manager within her company. What was the company? Which is so cool. It was like a timeshare kind of thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Jennifer was beautiful, successful, and happy. Her mom described her as an intelligent, adventurous spirit. And she had graduated from the University of Central Florida with honors. And she worked in finance for a timeshare company, like I said. She also was a huge fan of the show Law & Order. She liked true crime. She knew how to be safe and protect herself. She's one of us. She, yeah. She was a young woman who lived by herself, so she was very particular about, like, calling her loved ones, checking in. Like, she was all about safety. Yeah. Yeah. And her parents had also instilled a lot of these safety practices in her. They were very protective, particularly because before they had Jennifer, they had been held up at gunpoint. Oh, my gosh. Like, when they were a young couple. So, just, like, a very conscientious, like, safe family. Um, A bunch of sixes. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, Jennifer had a long distance boyfriend named Rob. He lived like three hours away in Fort Lauderdale. That's who reminds me of Brian Schaefer. Cause didn't he have a long distance? No, she lived there. Okay, she was she like visiting there. family at the gotcha. time. But also Rob is like an English man living in Florida. I like watched a documentary and he started talking and I was just not expecting him to have a British accent. And I, I was like, I want to find what? an Irish boyfriend. <laughs> you know, that. there are any Irish men out there listening. Please. Hit up Katie. But she's living the dream. She is. In Florida. Mm -hmm. And they'd been dating for like a year. And they literally, the weekend before this happened, had just gone on a trip, like a vacation to like the islands or something. Like somewhere. like Off of Florida? Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant somewhere else. No. Florida. Okay. Somewhere fancy and tropical and nice. nice. She clearly has money. Yeah. If she can buy her own condo at 24 in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... They got back and all of her friends and family were just talking about like how in love with each other they were. And it sounded like they were kind of like at that point where they were just now saying it like. Aww. And so like all of their friends and family were like, you guys are in love. Yeah. Like kind of like teasing the them. Yeah. So Jennifer and Rob got back from their trip late on Sunday, January 22nd. And 2006. 
Yes. And Jennifer stayed at Rob's home in Fort Lauderdale that night because they got home late. And then on Monday, Rob went with her to get gas at 5 a.m. so that she didn't have to be by herself. Yeah, that is early. Mm -hmm. And then she made the three-hour drive back to Orlando and went straight to work. Like, she wasn't even able to, like, stop at her condo to, Mm -hmm. like, drop off her bags or anything. She just went straight to work. You don't get gas at 5 a.m., right? When you go to work. No, okay, no way. <laughs> I was like, don't tell me you do that. No, 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 no. I would never. And that's like they were mentioning in something yeah. I was listening to. Like she would not do that. That's yeah. why he went with her. Yeah. Okay. Um, and on her way to work, Jennifer called her mom, basically just like filling her in on the trip and like all that stuff. Just having normal yeah. mother-daughter conversation. And she worked her full day of work like normal. I think she worked until six, which is a long Ew. work day. Maybe she got there I late. Know. No, it sounds like she got there at eight. Like she worked oh. like eight to six. I don't know if that was an everyday thing. Or she, had had, she was gone. Yeah, she had a long weekend. So it might be like mm-hmm. that she had a longer day. But so around 6 p.m., Jennifer left work. And around this time, she called her parents. And her parents' names are Drew and Joyce. I'll talk about them a lot. So. Okay. Do you think they're responsible? No. Okay. But good. they're very involved. Okay. So. Um, and she also talked to her 21-year-old brother, Logan. And he and a friend had stayed at her condo while while she she was gone. Like she had kind of offered it up. And so they talked about that. One of Logan's friends had left his cell phone at the apartment. And so he's kind of like, hey, can you like mail it back to us? And she was like, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) Brothers. Brothers. (laughs) What are you going to do? So, but it sounds like they were very close. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah. She wouldn't let him stay in her place if they weren't. They were like best friends. And so like they had like a very like special relationship. Um, She also, I think, talked to her best friend later that night. It sounds like she like spent a lot of time like on the phone. Like she liked to talk to people on the phone and stuff. That is not like me at all. I do not like being on the phone, but whatever (laughs) um around 10 p.m jennifer spoke to rob on the phone and they apparently had some sort of disagreement i think it kind of was basically just about like how hard long distance is and it basically just sounds like they were like tired from the trip and also just like missed each other i think they were like tired of being long distance oh and so they were kind of at the point where they wanted to figure out which one of us is gonna move Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing yeah so she just bought a condo yeah so they like said their good nights and hung up. According to Rob, Jennifer would usually call or text him in the morning before she left for work. Sounds like she left earlier than he usually did. So he'd like even sometimes like wake up to her texts or whatever. Um, But she didn't reach out on Tuesday, January 24th. And so he called her like as he was on his way to work and the call went to her voicemail. He didn't really think too much of it. He did try to call her a couple other times, but like wasn't really like panicking. He like had a big day at work and stuff and was yeah. kind of focused on that. Um, but when Jennifer didn't show up for work, she missed an important meeting. And so her boss called her parents because apparently her boss like knew Jennifer's dad. Okay. And so it's not unusual for yeah, him to call Yeah, he probably them. knew that they were really close. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So he kind of just called and was like, hey, like, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. And Joyce and Drew called Jennifer and it immediately went to voicemail. And Jennifer's no mom, no ringing, just straight to voicemail. And Jennifer's mom said that this had never happened in the eight years that Jennifer had had a cell phone. That's weird. And basically, it sounds like the moment they like gave her a cell phone when she was like 16, they were like, you will always pick up for your parents. And she was like, got it. Yeah. And so like she always did. So they immediately thought it was weird. And they basically just got straight in the car. Where did they live again? So they lived two hours away, kind of outside of Tampa. Okay. And it sounds like Joyce was at work inside of Tampa. So Drew drove to pick her up. And while he was driving there, he called Logan, who immediately got on the road with his friend Travis, 
who had been at the condo with him. So Logan and Travis are on their way. Drew is going to pick up Joyce and then they're going to be on their way too. And while they're on their way, they called the police in Orlando. They called hospitals. They even called jails. But like no one could find Jennifer they didn't know where she was um while they're on their way they also called like a property manager at jennifer's like condominium Mm -hmm. and asked him to go check out her place and he was like yeah sure like i gotta find someone else to go with me i don't know if their policy was to have two people or what i think that makes sense i wouldn't want our property manager to come alone to try and find i mean we've seen someone do a wellness check in our apartment yeah it's scary so he found someone else to go in and entered the condo while he was on the phone with drew and he was like yeah like everything appears normal jennifer had an assigned parking spot and her car was not there Hmm. and this was around 11 a.m so her car was on not there day, at 11 a.m. on January 24th. Okay. It was a Tuesday. Okay. So another thing to note about Jennifer's complex is that there was supposed to be a security gate, but according to witnesses, there was like there were no codes or anything. Like it basically just opened right up. So there's that. And there also weren't any security cameras. Yeah, it's it's also only 2006. I know it's not an excuse. Yeah. But like, yeah. When Jennifer's parents and brother got to her condo, they went inside and nothing seemed out of place. Um, It basically looked like she had just been there. Hmm. Um, I also want to note again that Logan and Travis had also just been there. So like they know the state they left it in. Yeah. So anything that's different, they would have known happened when she was there on Monday. Yeah. So I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was makeup all over the counter like she'd been getting ready The shower was kind of wet still, and there was a t-shirt that she usually wore to bed on the floor, like she had, like, thrown it there while getting dressed. Um, There was a wet towel, like, on the bathroom counter as well. Her purse, keys, wallet, like, iPod, cell phone, and car, none of that was there. Um, Her luggage from the trip was still in the front hall, like, she hadn't even unpacked yet. And this part makes me so upset. Her can of pepper spray that she usually carried was on the counter. Yeah. Because she'd taken it off her keys when she traveled. Yeah. And hadn't put it back on yet. That's rough. Yeah. So... According to Drew, police came to look at the unit and he basically said they like looked around, shrugged and were like, she had a fight with her boyfriend, like she'll be back and left. That's so annoying. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's infuriating. So so ridiculous. Jennifer wasn't officially declared missing until that night and her family spent the whole day like printing flyers and standing on street corners, like handing them out. Wow. They like stood on like intersections they knew she would have like driven through to get to work. Mm-hmm. and they said at one point they're like we were literally screaming for help like yeah. literally i mean i'm not surprised yeah so finally that night well they know like, that okay. they need to be fast like exactly this kind of thing and they said that they're like we know how important the first 48 hours are yeah. and the police weren't taking it seriously mm-hmm. and they're like our daughter is always in contact with us like, yeah this is weird this is really weird so jennifer's atm card had not been used and her phone was off and could not be pinged mm. Um, like I said, the police didn't think anything sinister had happened. They thought she just needed to get away no matter she how much. She just been away. She, exactly. And she's not even living in the same place as her boyfriend. Exactly. It's like, get away to where? That's her home that she has yeah. by herself. She's away from everyone when she's Yeah, there. like, so... The Orlando Police Department also never processed Jennifer's apartment as a crime scene. That's dumb. So, like, people are just in and out. And her family did end up staying there for the investigation. Yeah. 
Um, which I mean, you know, it doesn't really look like anything yeah. happened there. So, but still, yeah, they should have at least processed it a little bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Finally, that night of the twenty fourth, they filed her as a missing person and started to actually investigate. Um, but they weren't really getting much for a while. But the news was covering the case. So two days later, on Thursday, January twenty sixth, a tenant of a nearby complex saw coverage of Jennifer's case on the news, including a description of her car, which was a two thousand and four Chevy Malibu. Don't know anything about cars but nope. cool it's black i think nice i know what that part is. <laughs> so this person called the police and informed them that that specific car had been sitting in front of their apartment for several days and this complex was only 1.2 miles from jennifer's condo So police rushed to check out the car and confirmed that it was Jennifer's and it was parked in a visitor spot next to the swimming pool at the complex. That's weird. Yeah. For a Tuesday morning. Yeah. Especially if everything in her place was still wet from her showering and stuff. Yeah. So they definitely, Jennifer didn't park it there. Yeah. So it definitely wasn't the best area. Um, It was known for drug activity and stuff like that. Um, And it does sound like the area, even the area that Jennifer lived in wasn't like the best, but her complex was right next to like a really nice mall. Yeah. And so she felt safe. She was like, this is a nice like Mm -hmm. mall and it's populated. And like, she felt good about that area. Yeah. But her family and friends are like, she would never have been at this other complex. Like for no reason. No, not on Tuesday morning. Exactly. After she'd been like showering and getting ready for work. Yeah. When police got to the car, they took photos and began a forensic examination. That was hard for me to say for some reason. <laughs> when they did this, they brought Rob in. So the family didn't Boyfriend, suspect him right? at all. Yes. Okay. The family was like, he's not You got to do it though. But the police were suspicious because they always look at the boyfriend. Yeah. So they basically were like, okay, we want to watch his reaction when we open the trunk. Oh gosh. So like poor Rob, like he is not involved. He knew nothing. And he's like sitting there afraid that they're about to find like her body body or like parts of her body or something. And the whole time he's also afraid the police are going to think he's reacting wrong. Yeah. And so they open the trunk and like watch his reaction. But thankfully the trunk was empty. Yeah. I mean, I had a feeling that it was a disappearance. So nothing appeared to have been stolen from the car and there was no evidence of a struggle. Um, Rob did notice that the driver's seat seemed to have been moved and that it wasn't the way that Jennifer would have driven with the car. That's interesting. Based on pictures, it looks like it was like pushed all the way back. There's like a ball like wedged between the back seat and the front seat. So like there's no space between them. If that makes sense. It's like, yeah. like your legs couldn't fit there. Yeah. So it's like all the way back. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Um, Tall person. Maybe. So there were also some valuables in the car, including a DVD player. So she definitely wasn't robbed or that wasn't the motive. Mm-hmm. Um, there was still a decent amount of gas in the tank. So the car wasn't being like driven around. It wasn't like a joyride or anything. Mm-hmm. However... The car wasn't in Jennifer's parking lot around 11 a.m. And it was parked at this parking lot around noon. Hmm. So it definitely had gone somewhere else in between. But we have no idea where. That's infuriating. According to some sources, police did find a single latent print as well as a tiny DNA fiber. But they didn't lead anywhere. And they also like might not have even been involved in the case. Like they could have just been from like random people 
like Jennifer drove a friend somewhere, you know? Yeah. And apparently some investigators believe that the car was probably wiped down. Did she have a lot of friends in the area? Um, I think so. I She went to college in Orlando, okay. I believe. Okay. So detectives began reviewing surveillance video at the complex where the car had been parked. So around noon on Tuesday, which was the day Jennifer went missing, an unidentified person drove her car into the parking lot, pulled into a spot, pulled back out and like pulled back in again. So I don't know if they're like correcting their parking to try and avoid like more people noticing the car Mm -hmm. or what. But they then sat in the car for 32 seconds before walking away, which is like very interesting because it's like, I don't know if they're checking to make sure they weren't like leaving anything behind. Yeah. But you would think you would want to get out of there as fast as possible. Yeah. But also if I saw someone running out of a car, I would think that's suspicious. Yeah, but also like you like maybe not running, but you would think you would at least like turn it off, like just go ahead and get out. Like yeah. don't linger. Yeah. I don't know. So I also don't know if the suspect locked the car or not. I couldn't find that information anywhere, but the keys were never found. Hmm. And I tend to believe they locked it since there was a DVD player in the back. Yeah. And it was a high crime area. Like, I feel like yeah. someone would have just like taken tried that. the door. Like if it opened, someone would have taken it. I'm yeah. sure. In the middle of the day, though. Well, it was there for two nights. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just I feel like someone would have taken it mm-hmm. if it was just open. That makes sense. I don't know. But police studied the surveillance and tried to identify the person in the video, but they couldn't. Um, They even had NASA help enhance the video. Oh, my God. Which is kind of crazy, but it also, like, I don't think it helped that much. No. (laughs) The way it was, there was one camera that just barely showed the car and a figure, like, walking away, but it was too far away to really show much. Like, you, Mm -hmm. like, can barely see anything. And the other camera was pointed basically at the fence, like, around the pool and the suspect walked directly by this camera on the other side of the fence and their surveillance camera was one of those that essentially like just takes a picture every three seconds so it wasn't continuous film it was like still frames pretty spaced out and every single time the camera took a photo the suspect's face was obscured by a fence post Hmm. and i'm gonna show you these just so you like know how close they were to like being seen okay because like milliseconds away from like you seeing their whole face great so i'm showing katie the pictures so that's the first one that's him so it's like literally every time he's like perfectly behind a fence post so um a lot of people even call him or them the luckiest person of interest ever. Oh, yeah. It looks like a person. It looks like a guy. But they're not sure. So. Okay. Uh, I do think it's a guy. But Can I see it again then? Yeah. If they don't think it's a dude? Some people. I'll talk about this a little later too. Some people think specifically in the second one. It's, well, the second one's where you see most yeah. of them. Some people think that you can see like a ponytail. And Men so some have people, ponytails. I know. But I don't know. Some people think it's I a ponytail. I can't imagine a woman wearing those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty big. Yeah. Pretty big feet. That's one of the things we're going to talk about. And the walk. That's not a woman. I don't think it's a woman, but... That's my opinion. That's not a woman. (laughs) So the FBI was called in to analyze the surveillance photos, but all they could say was that the person appeared to be somewhere between 5'3", and five five. Oh, they're like my height. Very interesting. They look. They also than that said to me. that they have big feet for their height. Yeah, they got clown shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so Jennifer herself was five eight. So this person would have been significantly smaller than her. That would be like me trying to do something like to fight like Phoebe or my sister. Yeah. So I couldn't take them. No. <laughs> 
And however, later, apparently the height range was edited. So police have said now that like, eh, it could be anywhere from 5'3 to 5'11. Okay, that's a huge range. But like, that's a huge range. And I do think most people believe that they're 5'3 to 5'5. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah, it looked like their feet were pretty big for the yeah of their legs it's just it's very confusing yeah. the person being taller would make more sense for jennifer's car seat being pushed back all the way yeah and also for them being able to overpower her yeah maybe they were trying to throw it off though but yeah that's what i was thinking i was like maybe they just pushed the car seat back to kind of throw off police yeah maybe they were grabbing or, something from the back yeah. seat too and pushed it back to reach it yeah there's a lot of different reasons it could be yeah. pushed back like that um jennifer's mother has said when she first looked at the surveillance footage she immediately said it's an adolescent and police were like why and she was like they look like they haven't grown into their feet yet yeah like it's fair so There's all of that. It also looks like the suspect is wearing either a white shirt and khakis, or I think it looks more like someone is wearing work clothes, like painter's overalls, which I've seen like edited ones where you can see the color a little better or like the contrast a little better. I definitely think it looks like they're kind of wearing overalls. I don't know, but it also could be a white shirt and khakis. I see more white shirt and khakis. We'll put them up and they're a different, such a different color. And I know overalls aren't like the the t-shirt looking thing, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. So, um, I could see either way. Yeah. Jennifer's dad also believes it looks like, um, there's like a rubber band around the ankle of the pants. Like they're like a painter or like a landscaper, like trying to protect their ankles. Yeah. They're also believed to be wearing dark boots or high top sneakers. I see more like boots. Yeah, boots um, or dress shoes-ish yeah. type. They also have something on their head. It could be like a bun or a hat. Yeah. Like some people are like, it's a helmet. Like, it's not a helmet. I don't think it's a helmet. I think it's like a hat or even just like yeah. dark shaggy hair. Yeah. Like I said, the police... You can't tell much from... No, you really can't. The police haven't even decided whether it's a man or a woman. Yeah. So really don't know tell anything. You man, based on the feet size and the lack of chest yeah <laughs> it's pretty flat person yeah. all around um as far as you can tell in the video or as far as police believe the suspect walked very calmly away and didn't look back at that's all that's why they weren't being fast out yeah. of the car they probably knew no one's on to me mm-hmm. but the one thing that i don't they're like they never looked back and it's like well the thing only took pictures every three seconds yeah they could have looked back and you just missed it like you missed their yeah. face <laughs> yeah but they do seem to be like they're trying to act casual oh, yeah very least but that's the way to get away with it exactly so police when they saw this footage brought in search search dogs who tracked a scent from jennifer's car back 1.2 miles to her own complex so the detectives believe that the suspect returned to jennifer's complex after parking the car Mm mm-hmm and the dogs went directly to the bushes underneath her condo, so, which is just very strange. Yeah. There was also a field like behind the condo and the police searched it and they found like clothes and stuff that were like buried and they kept asking Drew and being like, is this your daughter's? Is this your daughter's? And My every single time, what clothes well, every single time he was like, no, no, she doesn't have those shoes. She doesn't have that shirt. Like he knew, yeah. like he was very confident in it too. Mm. So like. Nothing that they it found was Jennifer's. so hard for me to picture fields in Florida for some reason. I think it's like a field, but there's like lots of trees and stuff okay. too. Like it's just kind of like Weird a area. nature area. Okay. Man. Um, I could yeah. also just see random clothes being thrown back there all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Like it really does seem like it was just stuff that had been there for a while. And yeah. they're like, 
maybe this is Jennifer's. And Drew was like, no, no. she wouldn't wear that. <laughs> like, she doesn't wear also, that. Also, based on, like, I mean, I don't know what all those clothes look like, but you mm-hmm. could probably tell how long they were out. Yeah. How long after was this? This would have been, like, a couple days. Okay. Yeah. So. It would have been worse off. Yeah. I mean, you would be able to tell how long something had been out there. For sure. Um, And so, that weekend, they had over 1,400 people That's go out people. around Orlando. I know. And they all were searching for Jennifer. Other than her car, none of her other belongings were found, and they found mm. no other sign of her. Mm. So... Police theorized that Jennifer left her apartment for work and was abducted somewhere between her door and her car or that she was somehow abducted on her way to work like while she was driving, which I find it unrealistic that she would have been abducted while she was driving, especially since this person returned to her apartment after after parking the car. Yeah. And one thing I do like also find interesting and I wish I knew a little more about is like when Jennifer usually texted or called Rob. Like if it was while she was getting ready or like Mm -hmm. when she was on her way, based on kind of like what I've heard, I think that she liked to be on the phone when she was walking in and out of her apartment. Gotcha. So I think that it would have been when she was leaving. Yeah. And so I find it more realistic that that would have been when she would have been abducted Abducted. or something. Yeah. Because she didn't call. Because she didn't get a chance to call. Yeah. So. That's so creepy. Yeah. It's really that makes really me scary. not want to live alone. We I were know. literally talking about if we could live alone. That makes me know, know. that I would not. I am not ready for that. So now we're going to talk a little about suspects. How many and theories? I didn't count them. Oh, a lot then. Well, not a lot. There's really no. They have like they have some they suspects prefer. and stuff. Not really. Okay. So most of the stuff can't be ruled out, okay. and it can't be like ruled in. Like oh, everything, annoying. they're kind of just like we don't know because there's no evidence. Yeah. Other than the car and the surveillance footage, which shows you nothing. Yeah. They don't have anything. That's frustrating. Yeah. So. Rob, thankfully, like I said, was never a suspect. He had an alibi. He was definitely not involved. Yeah. In fact, Jennifer's dad even said about him, quote, he gave his life searching for her as much as we did. He's part of our family and always yeah. will be. She's just like, he loved their so daughter. Sweet. And Rob has since gotten married and has two children. I'm happy for him. very sweet. But he does still talk about Jennifer and like how hard the whole thing of was course. and still like tries to like help get the word out about her story when he can. That's so. a traumatizing thing. Yeah. He probably thought he was going to marry her. I know. And like everything I kept watching kept being like, he will never forget the moment they opened that trunk. Yeah. Even though they oh, never no. saw, like they, there wasn't anything, he will never forget that moment. No. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't either. No. There was also the concern that it could have been a human trafficking situation, which is still a theory. They haven't rolled it out. Yeah. I, I do could see think, it. like, I could see it. I do think it's weird they would have abducted her from her home because I feel like usually they lure you in. They usually. lure you somewhere or it's like, yeah. I don't know, like a public place that they yeah. just like try. I don't know. It's usually not like, yeah. At your home. It's not yeah. impossible. Yeah. Um, and during the time that she would, disappeared. I feel like it would be weird if they were looking for random targets and they were at her home. Like, well, and, and like, also like she's been out of town. She's been out of town. And it does kind of go two ways. Her apartment wasn't very heavily populated yet. Yeah. Or her complex wasn't. Yeah. Because it was new. Mm-hmm. So it goes two ways of like, oh, well, there's not a lot of witnesses, but also like if you're searching out, like you want a bunch of people, like that's yeah. their purpose is to traffic a lot of people. Yeah. That's not really the place to go. Yeah. And I could, I don't know. 
weird. I, I'm like, but I could also see like if it is a younger guy, like if it's a younger guy and he's got mixed up with the wrong crowd and he's practicing. Yeah, it's like which is it's spooky, but not un like it's not impossible. Yeah. Once again, it's just kind of you weird. can't roll it out. Yeah. During the time that she disappeared, there was a major trafficking ring in Orlando that was later taken down. Hmm. I don't think they ever found anything when they took it down that like gotcha. made them think that. It was her. She could have been like Involved. caught up in it or yeah. anything. But um, I did find one source that said Drew Kessie personally believes that Jennifer was trafficked. But also by the sound of it, he does kind of just like he's open to investigating any theory. Yeah. He's just like, find my daughter. I don't care what theory you think it is. Like, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So that's fair. Um, another like theory. 15 years, right? Yeah. 15 wow. years. I know. Um, Jennifer also had an ex-boyfriend who was rumored to have wanted to get back together with her. He was constantly telling her he wanted her back and she kind of just kept rejecting him. Um, he was at a bar right across from her apartment the night that she disappeared and was reportedly very intoxicated and upset like over her apparently. Hmm. He did have an alibi though for her disappearance and he did offer to take a polygraph hmm. but detectives never actually gave him a polygraph. I don't know like if they were just like you got an alibi you're good or like what yeah but they just never gave him a polygraph <laughs> maybe there just wasn't more to like justify yeah. doing that i also think it kind of seemed like they were like they he also was, don't care they also don't care clearly but i also think they're like he was drunk that night so like his story's not gonna make sense anyway yeah. but yeah like with most of them this one hasn't been rolled out mm -hmm. but there's really nothing else on it yeah so um another one is that jennifer also had a co-worker who wanted to date her but she wasn't interested and this guy was a married man but he was really persistent about getting her to go out with him and she even talked to her dad about it which i think honestly shows how close they were because yeah. like i don't really know a lot of girls our age who would talk to their dads about like a guy if there was a creepy guy that I worked with that was married that was being weird with me. I would maybe tell my dad that. Well, to, she didn't even tell her dad that he was married, though. She was just like, he's asking me out and I don't want to go out with him. I would maybe but, tell my parents that. If it yeah. was like a weird situation and mm -hmm. obviously I'm not interested, I would yeah. maybe. There you go, dad. I would think I would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she talked to her dad. Kristen and definitely would. <laughs> Kristen definitely would do that. So she talked to her dad and took his advice and basically she shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> shut, shut it, it down. down. <laughs> um, by just kind of like she talked to the guy and was like, I don't date coworkers. Like it just never works out kind of. No, it makes it awkward. And makes it according to Jennifer, the conversation with the guy went well. He kind of handled that okay. But according to other coworkers, the it's same guy got jealous when he found out that Jennifer had a boyfriend, even though he was married. married. That's gross. But whatever. So, so far, very unimpressed with all of these. They're all disgusting. So this guy is weird. So he the was married guy. Yes. Okay. So he was four hours late to work on the day that she disappeared. Oh. So he showed up at 1 p.m. And when people asked about it, he said that he got a traffic ticket that day. It which, takes that long to get you four Which hours? it was apparently true. So apparently, according to sources that I found, he got pulled over for speeding and ripped up the ticket in front of the officer. And then they <laughs> carted him off to jail. Okay. So it's like, I mean, even if he wasn't involved, he does have issues. Yeah. But a part of me is also like, did he have someone else involved? And is that him setting up an alibi? Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. And so. But so also you can't guarantee that you'll like get pulled over. Yeah, that's true. That's my like my that's my thought is 
I thought maybe he's trying mm-hmm. to come up with an excuse, but you can't guarantee that you'll pass a cop and get pulled yeah. over. Unless and he knew like where a speed trap always is or something. Yeah, but, but you're, you can't guarantee yeah, that that will be there. That's true. That's very true. Um, The company also had some warehouse properties pretty close to where her car was abandoned. And this guy would have had access to them. So some people think that like he could have taken her car there, yeah. like taken her there for a while or something. The I think the thing with this guy that stands out the most, which is why most people suspect him or think he's really weird, is the day after she disappeared, he came into work and made a comment to a coworker basically saying like, she's probably already been eaten by alligators. Ew. And it's like last week you were upset that she was dating another man. Yeah. And today you're saying she's probably already eaten by alligators. Gators. That's like, weird. It's just it gives me the heaps. Like I just Yeah, I mean I don't like this guy. Yeah. Either way, if he's involved or not, I don't like he's him. He's got issues. So now we're gonna move on to the biggest theory that people seem to believe, and it centers around workers at the condominium that Jessica lived in. Not Jessica, Jennifer, sorry. Jessica. And there was a lot of construction going on at the complex where Jennifer's condo was, and a lot of them were still being built or were being renovated. So there was a lot of construction workers and painters and people like in and out of the buildings. Makes sense. And Jennifer had made comments to her family members about some of the men that they would like stare at her like when she was walking in or out of her building. Hate that. Um, which made her uncomfortable, especially since they knew where she lived. Yeah. So that's always a creepy feeling. Um, whenever they were in and out of her apartment to work on stuff, she made sure to be on the phone with her mom or dad. Yeah. Like I said, she was really careful about that. And she would try to be on her phone, like walking to or from her car. She was basically mm-hmm. just like, this is my safety net. Gonna talk to someone. Yeah. Basically at all times if Good. they're around. Um, and there were also, there also weren't a ton of residents at the complex yet. Like I said, she like bought in pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the workers were staying in empty apartments like while they were working there that's weird which is weird and so when police tried to investigate a lot of these workers they quote disappeared which doesn't necessarily mean that they're involved in jennifer's disappearance a lot of them were undocumented i was about to say that so obviously they're gonna stay away when a girl goes missing like they know police are gonna be around that doesn't mean that they're involved in her disappearance yeah so a lot of the workers who were documented did not speak English super well or English wasn't their first language. Mm-hmm. So the police basically used this as an excuse for why they didn't interview them. Oh, that's stupid. They were like, there was a language barrier as if it's not their job to interview people yeah. and to like hire an interpreter. Yeah. And also I find it very unrealistic to believe there wasn't a single person on the police floor in florida that spoke spanish Spanish. yeah no like (laughs) that's ridiculous agreed so that was the last theory that a lot of people believe and it was a while before anything like even came out like any more leads or anything so in 2008 which was two years after jennifer went missing one of the construction workers who had been questioned about jennifer was arrested for statutory rape and he was questioned again about jennifer when he was arrested and he claimed like oh yeah i remember her and he claimed that she had let him and some other workers into her apartment and basically was like i have to go like lock up when you leave that's not true he did pass a polygraph test. Hmm. However, Jennifer's family was like, there is no, no way, way that happened. No. 
Every time the workers were in her condo, she was there and on the phone with someone. Jennifer's father, Drew, said that she would come home on her lunch break to let them in and would stand like in the doorway on the phone with him or someone else. Mm -hmm. And they were like, she would never just be like, lock up. No. That's (laughs) no way. So whether this guy was involved or not, it seems like he was lying about Jennifer for some reason, but also he passed the polygraph test. So police like, I guess just aren't questioning him anymore. That's dumb. Which is just really frustrating. Yeah. So work harder. Yeah. I'm going to talk about a few other leads they had before we get into like, we can talk about what we think. I have no idea. I don't either, but we can discuss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I need so to get my thoughts together while we're talking. <laughs> another lead that they had came from something that they used to do or they might still do. I'm not totally sure. Um, but a way that they would try and get information about unsolved cases is that they would put missing persons faces and like relevant information onto playing cards and distribute them in jails. Hmm. So Jennifer's face was put onto one of these cards and in december of 2008 a convicted killer on death row claimed to have information about jennifer and he decided he would only tell drew in a one-on-one face-to-face meeting Ew. yeah so this inmate was named david russ and he was known to try and pin crimes on other people i think that's his name actually i don't know i familiar so okay i was watching one of those documentaries where they're like some things might have been changed and I should have oh, okay. researched it more. I don't know. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's fine. I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, so he was known to try and pin crimes on other people in the jail that he didn't really like. So police are like, he's not the most trustworthy source, but Drew still went. Drew's like, obviously I'm going to go. Like I have to find out. Yeah. So we'll always wonder what if. Yeah. Basically the police before he went in were like, if David says this name, it's all a lie. And so He's sitting there with David and it sounds like they like talked for like a long time before David would even like get around to the conversation. Like he's just kind of like just trying to toy by time and like toy with him. And he says that name. So it's all bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) So Drew went through all of that for nothing. The lead meant nothing, basically. So Jennifer's parents, Drew and Joyce, eventually sued the Orlando Police Department. Good. Good. They don't do their jobs. And they gained access to Jen's files. They won the suit in 2019, and they received 14,000 pages of files. And they haven't found anything? Mm-hmm. And there are, like, hours of videos and stuff, but there was, like, a seven-year gap in the files where, like, nothing was recorded, like, no investigation, like, nothing. That's weird. And they hired private investigators to sift through the files with them and for them. And at one point, they discovered a tip from a woman that had been given in 2006. So this is like... And they hadn't heard of this? Yeah. So this is really old. Right. And recent after she was gone. Mm-hmm. So the tip was from a woman who claimed to witness a man drive a pickup truck to Lake Fisher in Orange County, which would have been less than like a 20 minute drive to Jennifer's apartment. And this woman claimed to see a man drive up and take out what appeared, what appeared to be a six to eight foot piece of rolled up carpet and dump it in the lake. Was a carpet missing from her place? Well, so no, no, but they the were renovating. Oh, I know. Yeah. Old like apartments and stuff. So yeah. it could have been from anything. Yeah. And the private investigators did search the area with cadaver dogs who reportedly alerted to something. But when the police were called, in and a dive team was deployed they didn't find anything um 
but the private investigator does want to go back and search again. He believes that the carpet was old carpeting from the apartment across from Jennifer's. Gotcha. So Hmm. other than a tip like here and there, there's really not a lot else that they seem to have found. There's plenty of theories online. There's a lot of like reddit investigators who are like i've solved it and stuff but like there's always those people there's nothing like concrete they don't have really. the evidence actually. yeah so i don't know what i believe uh, i think i'm more likely to believe it was a worker yeah but that or the co-worker that that's kind of how i lean if it's someone that actually knows her it's him i would say mm-hmm. if it's a stranger most likely one of them yeah i think the thing with the like if that tip is real yeah and like the lake and him being like, she's probably eaten up by alligators already. Yeah. Like that's creepy. Yeah. But it's also Florida. So yeah. like they're everywhere. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's all, yeah, this is another one of those where it's just like, there's nothing. That's so frustrating. They don't have anything. I really hate it. Uh, I yeah. wish there was more cameras and stuff around. I don't know. I know. But on one good note, Newt. Drew and, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Drew and Joyce Kessie have helped create four laws in the state of Florida that help the families of missing persons. So that's good. Yeah. They're still fighting for their daughter and they're fighting for people like them. You think there's any chance she's alive? I mean, probably not at this point. Yeah. I think there's a chance that she was being held somewhere, but it's been 15 years. I feel like she would be found by now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she went somewhere of her own volition. There's no way. So. And I feel so bad. Like I kept like watching documentaries, documentaries. I really can't speak anymore. But her dad just kept being like, they don't take women just to sit them in a corner and stare at them. Like, and so it's just like really heartbreaking. Yeah. I feel bad for her family. Me too. And her boyfriend. Yeah. So. I'm happy he's been able to find someone else and Mm -hmm. still be close with her family. Yep. And her brother Logan has kids now and stuff too. And it's just like, yeah. So I don't have a palate cleanser or anything. No. (laughs) Kristen, you have one? Okay. Sorry, that was sad. Yeah, they're all going to be sad, I guess. Well, you can um, follow us. Follow us on all That was so sad to end on. I I don't know how else to end it. I know. No, it's okay. Yeah, we can move on. It was just, I don't know how to move on. so sad. Yeah, just <laughs> follow us on Instagram at Something Sick Podcast or on Twitter at A Sick Podcast or on TikTok at Something Sick Podcast or send us an email at Something Sick Podcast at gmail.com. All right, homies. See you later. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>